Hi, I'm Jason Wachab, founder and CEO of MindBuddyGreen, the best-selling author of Wealth, and your host for the MindBuddyGreen podcast, where I'll be bringing you deep and insightful dialogues with some of the greatest minds in wellness. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star review, comment, and share with your friends and family. And don't forget to visit us at MindBuddyGreen.com for your daily dose of wellness. Thanks, and enjoy the podcast. Tata Harper is a true green beauty pioneer who's been part of the MindBodyGreen family since 2010. The brand was the first within the beauty space to combine luxury, nature, and efficacy. She was one of the first to call attention to the importance of natural beauty products years ago after her stepfather was diagnosed with cancer. Today, Tata Harper's skincare graces the aisles of major retailers like Sephora and Nordstrom. I'm honored to talk with Tata about where the green beauty industry is going. Welcome, Tata. Thank you for having me. So exciting. You were the OG in this space. I remember meeting you at Organic Avenue and at events at ABC Kitchen back in 2010. And I was so amazed because you were the chemist who brought in your slides. And then you'd give everyone facials. (laughs) Um, And it was just such an inspiring, uh, such an inspiring entrepreneur. And then, of course, your products really blend both luxury and effort. Efficacy, and I feel like you were you were the first to do that. So and nature, on, you know, and nature, and nature together for the first time. Yeah. So tell us how Tata Harper started. So let's see. I never thought that I would become a beauty entrepreneur ever in my life. I'm an industrial engineer, and I was doing something completely different. I was actually building buildings in Miami. <laughs> And then, uh, but I am Latin, and I and as a Latin woman, you know, like for us, beauty is not a chore or something annoying. It's like right. we've been brainwashed to feel that beauty is something that you do for yourself to feel good, to look good. It's like a pampering moment of sorts, and uh, and we really embrace a lot of like the more is more philosophy when it comes to beauty and skincare specifically. Um, so. I've always been a big beauty person, but really this began when my stepfather got diagnosed with cancer and he's living in Colombia. And uh, I was like the person from the family that would go with him to a lot of like the Mayo Clinic, a lot of Eastern and Western functional medicine, the doctors, like we, we really went everywhere. And what struck me the most is that lifestyle was always at the center of the conversation. It's like, so, okay, what do you do every day? How do you eat? What chemicals do you get in touch with? What, let's br- please bring all of his personal care products. And I was like, wait, what? Wow. Like he uses like, and, and everything was banned. It's like, no, go look for the natural alternative of, the, of this. Go look for the, you know, go to Whole Foods, buy beauty, you know, buy his things there. And I was like, wow, and he keeps it like really simple, you know, he's like shaving cream, (laughs) moisturizer for face and body, you know, like that type of thing. And I had like a closet of beauty. So I was like, oh my God, it's like, it's like an atomic bomb is going off in my bathroom every morning. And I'm not, I'm just mindlessly applying all these things. And I am the type of person that I've all, since I can remember, like I've always been mindful about my body, what I eat, what I put on my skin, my health, exercise. You meditated as soon as you got to the mind, body, green Office. Yeah, Very I was mindful. telling my girls, like, I haven't meditated for, I don't know, for a week. And I was, like, really craving even, like, five, 10 minutes in yeah. there. So, um, 
so then all of a sudden I started, you know, my engineering mind kick off and I'm like, okay, let me see what is it that I'm putting on my skin. And then I started Googling all this unpronounceable chemicals and I'm like, oh my God, wait, all of this is petroleum derived and you know, oh, propylene glycol, I see that everywhere. What is that? Oh, that's antifreeze. And I'm like, but wait, like, why are we buying, like, why are they using these chemicals and this raw materials that belong in cars and in machines, in products that I'm putting in my body, it's supposed to make me more beautiful. Forget right. about the, even the controversialness right. of the chemical. It's just like, it, that's the level of raw material that we're dealing with? Like, it can't be true. And the reality is that I investigated so much, and it was just this prevalent issue. It was everywhere. It's just everywhere. Even naturals, you know, that we would find in, in the little apothecaries or in Whole Foods. Like, right. yes, they included natural ingredients, but they also included phenoxyethanol, and they also included parabens, and, so, and then the list went on. And I couldn't find what I was looking for. I, you know, I was using a very advanced Swiss skincare line at the time that I had used all my life. And then it's like, then you go to the natural apothecary, and it's like that's really not a switch for you to find like the you know the the rose hydrosol or the carrot oil with right. i don't know what with shea butter like those are all amazing ingredients that we use but that can be just it right you know because so because i am not a minimalist i'm a maximalist <laughs> when it comes to that stuff and then i would go to department stores and beauty stores and i'll be like hey guys like i really want to do the natural thing please help me find something that doesn't have any chemicals and there it was again yeah. even in that you know, in that, those stores is like, yeah, the algaes, yeah, the honey, yeah, the, you know, the rare rose from I don't know where, but we're mixing it with all of these chemicals that no one is talking about and no one pays attention to and that people are really, and, and that's where all the shortcuts in beauty are happening. Because right. what I realized is that even like the legacy brands, they rely on natural actives. You know, whether they're algaes or they're other things, like they rely on them for their clinical activity and their effectiveness. And that's why they are advertising and they're putting the orange or the melon or the blah, blah, blah in all of their advertising campaign. But then the problem is that what happens beyond that, you right. know, is like so in the mind of the customer, we've been trained to think that there's such a thing as filler. But there, there is filler, but also there's many more things that go into the making of the product than the active ingredient. You need to have all the functionals, you know, like all the preservatives, your emulsifiers, your thickeners, your stabilizers. And that's where all the shortcuts were happening. All of them. Still today, that's where all the shortcuts like, oh, parabens is, has a bad rap. Okay, let's go to phenoxyethanol, another synthetic industrial preservative, you know? So I wanted to just bring something new, an option for a woman that A, she's not embracing uh, you know, philosophies of being minimal and being simple because there's tons of things for her right. out there. I wanted to do some, an option for a woman like me that wants to, that invest in beauty, that feels good about investing in herself. Mm -hmm. And that also along the way, she wants to do her homework and wants to know what she's using and to really use things that are real, right. you know, not artificial, like just real, like that comes from the earth. Like, oh, this oil from this you know, this was in the pit of a fruit a couple of months ago, you know, right, right, <laughs> like right. that sort of thing. So um, 
so that's how it began with just that, like that passion for being able to make this happen and really take natural beauty out of like dusty shelves of supermarkets and really bring it to the places where it belongs when it's been formulated right and uh, and 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 that's what I, what I do like that's that's what I, I what I wake up every morning to do is to give people alternatives that are really not just like another moisturizer but a moisturizer that makes your life better you know yeah. And what year did Tata Harper start? Tata Harper. So we launched in the market in October of 2010. Okay. The big story in uh, Vogue. Uh, and at the time, I had no distribution. It was just like a $3,000 website. Like packaging was like <laughs> stock packaging with labels because packaging took a long time for yep. us to figure out because I also, a lot of the innovation in packaging and beauty, it's all in acrylics and plastics. So it's right. really hard to find on-brand packaging. That yeah. took a long time. And we launched with, you know, with on-brand packaging, but it wasn't reflective of the technology and what was inside of the bottle, you know? Yeah. So it was kind of like a project that happened after I launched is the packaging of the Harper skincare but yeah it took uh beef so before 2010 I took like five years like I started this like in 20 you know 2005 wow. to start researching things and starting like I met you know because I wasn't from the industry so I you know hired tons of beauty consultants which you know, I, you know, they, they were good to tell me, to show me everything that I did not want to do, <laughs> which at the time felt so wrong, you know, because right. you're spending a fortune and all these consultants and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, but my gut is telling me that right. I shouldn't be outsourcing the production of my products. My gut tells me that I shouldn't be using all these distributors that, you know, that add so much time for the product to end up in our customers' hands, you right. know, because to farm beauty, it's very, you know, like it's very outsourced, the production of it, the formulation, like it starts by you going to a lab, you know, either in New Jersey or in LA or there's tons in Paris and, you know, you start from a base. And then it's like, oh, you're from Colombia. We have this great antioxidants that come from the Amazons and, blah, blah, you know, started to put together marketing stories. Yeah. And we're not a marketing company. I wanted to make a product company. So all of that sounds just like so phony baloney. And then right. we're like, wait, but, uh, but, you know, but where's the science? Talk to me about what else beyond this one plant, you yeah, know, yeah. like what else is in here? And the reality is that I realized that I couldn't work like that. I needed to work with scientists that were really specific to each field within the natural world, like a lot of botanists, herbalists, aromatherapists, you know, ex specialists in different fields within the natural world and green chemistry, because then you need all your functional people, right, to right. help you put the formula together so that we can make a formula from scratch, like this idea of like repurposing bases like it felt like lame you know in a way like this is not what I was meant right. to do like I was ready to like do everything you know <laughs> what I mean everything I have the energy to do it all like I don't want to be outsourcing and doing any shortcuts along the way so every single one of our products was made from scratch it's made from scratch still today wow. and it was really ab about realizing that even though things are done a certain way they might not apply for what you want to do when you want to do something so innovative. Same for the production of the products. Like typically, 
products are produced, uh, you know, again, New Jersey or LA, but by a <laughs> subcontractor that makes goop for you and goop for 60 other brands. Right. Then it goes to a filler, then the filler, you know, the packager, and then the distributor. And it's like brands. I'm like, what am I going to do? Then when then when I realized, then it's like, wait, I'm an engineer, you know, like I was trained on how to, you know, be in manufacturing plants. Like I am yeah. not you know, intimidated by the production of right. products. Put me in there. Put me in there. And then I would go and check out like what it entailed. And I would be like, okay, I want to tour your plant. And it would be like kettles, you know, like big cookers, you know, mixers. I'm like, but this is easier than making cheese. You know, <laughs> like I, you know, like the formulation is really hard, but to make it like the recipe to make it, it's typically, you know, it's like, you start with your waters, you take it to high temperature, then you make your waxes and all your emulsifiers, then you meet at that point, you take it to like the temperature of 75, then you mix your oils in depending on the, you know, and then you create an emulsion. And then last in the cool down phase, then you add all of your actives, right? All of the things that are yep. working for the skin. Uh, and I was like, this is so simple, <laughs> so simple and so doable. And I had in the farm, like all of these barns. Yeah. Because it was an old dairy farm. And I'm like, I will just going to gut all of this, renovate it all, you know, and right. work from here and be able to have the, really the real estate right. to be able to put up the Tata Harper factories and, and also grow some of our ingredients because we grow some of our ingredients in there. I mean, we bring ingredients from every corner of the globe. Like the last time we counted, it was like 78 countries from wow. around the globe. But we do make things in our farm that are that grow really well in the Northeast. You know, because yeah. I can't make everything in the Northeast. Right. You know, it's like calendula, arnica, alfalfa. You know, there's a couple of herbs that are native to the area and that grow really well in our soil and that you get best in class, you know. So right. it's whatever I could get best in class in our my farm that I ended up, you know, that we end up growing and harvesting and using for our products. But yeah, it's a, it, it, it was definitely a journey. It took a long time because of all of these milestones right. and then formulating from scratch a product that had never been done before, you know, like, and yeah. then it's like, okay, I'm going to replace PEG 30, which is a commonly used synthetic emulsifier. What do I replace that with? Right. Gums from trees from Senegal, waxes from olives from Italy, you know, and then you start experimenting with all this material that was really obscure because of their price point. No one dared to use them because synthetics are so cheap. Right. And, uh, and, and, and it's really finding those people that believed in the mission of the company and that were really up to helping me figure this out. You know, right. it was until whatever it takes. I was like, there's no time frame. It's like, whatever time it takes, right. you know? Obviously, after year four, we were like, well... <laughs> <laughs> is this ever going to happen? Especially because if, like our formulas are not simple formulas. Our formulas no. are not just about like hyaluronic acid in a base or vitamin C and hyaluronic in a base. It's about how do we add to an already fragile system? Because naturals are very fragile, very powerful, but they're very fragile systems. How do we build in 40 actives? Right. Right? Like, how do you put 40 actives in a formula? So that's the know-how that we were able to develop with that pushing of the envelope of like, oh, let's put that, hey, that sounds so great for my clients too. Let's add that in there because that will help complement things. So for me, it's always about being, the, philo the philosophy formulation has always been about like more is more and that, you know, like 
we we really formulate for the woman that it's not just looking for a natural serum, but she's looking for the best natural serum, right? You know, and and that is at the core of what we do. It's like for the woman that it's not looking for the deal. We are not there for the woman that no, because our products yeah. are expensive to yeah. make. I mean, to have ingredients from around the world, multiple yeah. actives working for you, making it fresh in a farm by hand. You know, it's right. like that that adds up. <laughs> <laughs> but then you end up with a product that's completely non-artificial, completely synthetic-free, and completely fresh and potent. Right. Well, and I'm sure the efficacy is why women keep coming back. Um, yeah. So we know we know now that beauty is so much more than just the products you put on your face. They obviously have to be important too. But um, you know, eating for beauty is something we know is is a huge part of it. How do you do that in your own life? So I eat tons of vegetables like I have never been making any like dietary statements like I yeah. hate being like oh I am vegetarian yeah. I am vegan I am raw like I've yeah. never I've always liked the idea of being flex having that flexibility of like oh if I feel like having a hamburger today I'm gonna yeah. have a hamburger but that doesn't mean that I'm eating hamburgers every week you know right uh but I try to incorporate a lot of um fruits and vegetables that have a lot of vitamin c and that also have a lot of beta carotene that are great for the skin tons of antioxidants, tons of algaes, and uh, and I also love supplementing. I mean, not because I feel that it's a replacement for good nutrition, but because it just helps take, take things further for everybody, you know, health-wise. And what herbs and supplements do you take on the regular, whether it's for beauty or health, or, you know, the two mm-hmm. are kind of interwoven? <laughs> yeah, so magnesium is huge in my life. For Mag- sleep? For stress management and yeah. for my nervous system. Like Do you I, take it in powder or pill form? I take it in pill form. Okay. Yeah. And I take it in the morning and I take it before the night, before I sleep. Interesting. Um, so I take tons of magnesiums and then I'm huge with, on, uh, on all of the mushrooms. Yeah. You know. All Do you have it in your coffee? I, I have it also in pill form. Interesting. You know, I love turkey tail, cordyceps, chaga. I, you know, I, I do like, you know, one of each every morning and I space it out. I do like some in the morning and I do some at night and I have like a little cabinet where I divide them because it's too much for, you know, one sitting. Um, so I tend to do the magnesium and the mushrooms in the morning. And then I also love, um, see, you know, like uh, blue green algae because blue green yeah. algae is also amazing for managing stress. So mornings are very stressful moment you know it's like you wake up there's ton you know it's like oh my god what's happening today or if you're traveling I feel like the mornings are where I need more of like the ashawanda maca and all of my stress reducers you know and to keep you good throughout the day um also another one that it's actually like really effective is um saffron red saffron as for a, anxiety. Really? Yeah. But it has to be like the real, because saffron is, you know, it's an expensive herb and there's so much counterfeit. You need to get uh, it from like a real good source. Yeah. There's some brands that have it. I, I you know, I, I go to Vita Health in the yeah, city sure. and I get all my supplements there and he has like the best quality. I love him and uh, and what he does. And because, you know, it's like, it's hard to try something natural and then you're not buying the right quality. And then of course it doesn't do anything. Right. Yeah. You know, and uh, and it's great to find a place where you can find like that, you know, high quality things. But yeah, 
And it's, everyone uh, seems to be talking about hemp oil for anxiety. Have you tried that or not part of your routine? Not part of my routine, to yeah. be honest. I, um, I've been liking CBD stuff, but for, you know, for body stuff, you yeah. know, like muscles, like I've been using on my kids, like if they fall, then I put that on their knee or nice. things like that, but not really internal. Got it. Um, and will we ever see Tata Harper play in the supplement space? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't thought about that yet, to be honest. Uh, I I spend most of my time just really thinking about like treatment and skincare and how to treat topically things, which is really our expertise. And, and I feel that we, even though there's a lot of natural beauty out there, there's very few brands doing what we're doing. Yeah. You know, and there's very little options for, you know, for my clients that I really just want to focus on that, that it's a huge lagging in the market, yeah. you know? So the natural beauty industry has changed so much since you started with this kernel of idea in 2005 and then launched in, in 2010. What do you think the natural beauty movement means today? I think that word has even, you know, changed so much. <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> You know, it's uh, it's a confusing landscape right it's now. It's really confusing. It's really confusing. And I know that so many things have come out and terms in an effort to unconfuse people. But I feel that it, people are just more confused as Agreed. we invent more things. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. This is how I see it. This is yeah. my particular view. So, you know, there is clean beauty, which came clean beauty. It's not natural beauty. Clean beauty is not making natural statements. Clean beauty is like, hey, we know that there's controversial chemicals out there. We as a brand have decided to avoid a few of them. Okay. And those and that is to the discretion of each founder. For some people is sulfates, for other people are parabens, for other people are uh, sulfates and parabens, you know. But to me, clean beauty should be baseline. Like that's yeah. what everybody should do. It's like, please don't give me toxic stuff that we all know that it's controversial, that are controversial. There's all this controversial studies around it. Like, please take them out. Right. You know, like in my opinion, that's like what everyone should be is clean. Then obviously then there is, um, oh, another confusing one is vegan. I feel that vegan is so confusing because, you know, vegan is about not using, you know, animal byproducts, but all the synthetics are vegan. Right. So a lot of, I see a lot of clients like, oh no, I go completely natural. You buy mm. this vegan lipstick. And then you look at the ingredients and you're like, but this is full of chemicals. And they're like, and I'm like, oh, but, but you know that this is not natural. This just means that they don't have any animal byproducts and all the synthetic things are vegan <laughs> you know? right so there's that um and then there's natural which has never really been regulated in a big right. way here in the u.s i mean because of all this confusing stuff is why we decided to have a seal you know a, a seal for clients and we went with EcoCert since day one which is probably like the most comprehensive and difficult and they really deal with cosmetics you know, like the USDA seemed to be more focused on food, food. while EcoCert has been around forever in Europe regulating cosmetics. And they regulate natural and they also regulate organic. They do both and they are like freaking hard. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard, especially it's easy to have one product be EcoCert in your range. But what about like every single product be EcoCert? Right. This is what we are. They, they certify not only our raw materials, but they also help us uncover so much stuff of like suppliers that might be like, yes, that is 
pure, you know, saffron oil. And then you, you know, you look at the ingredients, there's nothing listed, but then through EcoCert and they send a validation questionnaire, they do deeper analysis into how was that saffron extracted? What did you use? You know, where is this harvest coming from? Was it fair trade? Like it's so, so, so deep that sometimes things that we think that are okay, end up not being okay after they do their review. So it's actually like a great resource for us too, as a company to avoid even like, you know, like sketchy chemical, you know, suppliers out there that might want to seem to be natural or, and they're really not. So within your natural products, like one of the trickiest things I always hear from founders is maintaining shelf life, not just, you know, so that the inventory lasts longer, but also for safety being, you know, the most important. How do you tackle that within your product portfolio? Yeah, so we use many different natural preservatives. We use tons from Germany. I mean, I feel that the Germans have mastered the technology like the best. Um, They have like really amazing ferments. Like we use radish root ferment. We use a lot of anisic acid that comes from Germany. And it's true, it is definitely a place where um, natural beauty is a little bit more vulnerable than synthetics, like paraben makes a product last five years or more, you know, while, you know, all of these technologies, you know, they are more susceptible to actually getting contaminated or, and also they give you a shelf life of maybe a year and a half. But that might be a problem for someone that relies on subcontracting because it's like, yes, by the time that your product gets to the stores, it's going to be eight months or six months or who knows what. So that doesn't give you, just gives you six months. But for us that we produce it and we make it, which is one of the primary reasons why we do it is like, Hey, we make it two months. This is out the door, you know, like between tests and everything. This is in stores in two months, two months and a half after we make it. And then, I mean, my particular opinion is like, why would I want to put anything that it's more than a year old in my face? Right. Like, no, but seriously, it's like things are probably not going to be... Probably time to throw it in the trash can. Probably time to throw it away because it's not doing much. A lot of the, not in, in all truthfulness, like a lot of the antioxidants, vitamins, like a lot of those botanicals that you add in there, whether the formula is synthetic or in a natural base, yeah. you know, they degrade with time. They lose potency and it's like the freshest that it is, it's the most effective that you, you know, it's, it's when it's the most effective. So in my opinion, a year is a perfectly reasonable amount of time to use a product get the results from a product and uh, and what is the pride of putting a three-year-old eye cream on my face <laughs> you know, it's like, no I don't want that please throw it away so we, we talked a little bit about the food you eat the herbs and supplements um, obviously you're putting a lot of Tata Harper skincare products what else are you doing for your beauty whether it's things like mindfulness or you know facials and techniques like it's really hard as a consumer I think mindfulness, we all know, kind of works now. The science is there. We don't need to debate that one. But when it comes to all the different, you know, face techniques, you can do face yoga. Like, there's some crazy stuff out there. How do you know, like, what works or what have you found works for you and gives you a good ROI? Yeah, I I think I'm going to tell you what works really good for me. So I... Beyond my skincare, which, by the way, for me, it's like it's very ritual oriented. Like, I, you know, I take, you know, like at night... I take baths every night. That's amazing. And I believe that that's a big part of like my self-care practice, for example, 
taking a bath. I find it extremely relaxing. So I do that every night. And and really, like, when I'm in that bath, it's, like, the beginning of the most relaxing part of my day. You know, yeah. it's, like, at, from there on, it's, like you know hearing podcasts putting skincare on doing like little massages things like that but skincare is a big part of that and i found that for me facial massaging has been very effective because huh. you're especially like the japanese uh the japanese techniques okay of like facial stretching and relaxing muscles yeah a lot around your jawline a lot around your eyes and how to drain a lot of fluids from around your eye like my family's prone to to uh, bags around the yep. eye. So it's like, I'm always like, you know, when I'm tired, I'm always massaging my eyes with So these eye are cream. things you can do by yourself. Yeah, things that you can just, go, you know, Google like yeah. a j- Japanese um, techniques for facial massages and they're all fabulous. Um, I like the jade roller, especially the little one for around the eye. Yeah. Not because they energize the skin or anything like that, because again, for the massage quality, I feel that it's really good for draining yeah um the neck massages are incredible and there's a couple of and the gasho the gasha gasha facial i do love those i am obsessed with that i bought a, 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 a gasho what do you say guasha i think it's guasha but i'm guasha. afraid to actually use the tool on myself I oh, have to I've go to, to Brita to help me with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, if you have a professional, but they're also great for the body. Like, huh. I, like yeah, like I massage my legs with it. Um, what else? Um, what else do I do? I, I mean, I meditate. I try to sleep at least seven hours at night. Yes. I exercise. What do you do for exercise? CrossFit. It's what I've really? been doing for the last, like, five years. I would not have pegged you as a CrossFitter. Yeah, no, I know, but I am. I That's love CrossFit. Awesome. I wake up at 5.30, and at 6, I am doing CrossFit until 7, and and I love it. And it also, like, clears my mind, to be honest. I used to run. I used to be a runner, but since I had the kids and I moved to the farm, it just became too crazy, and the yeah. hills were too big. I was, like, always out of breath, and I stopped doing that. And then I took on TRX and then CrossFit, and I've been loving CrossFit. So lots of strength-oriented exercises. Yes. I am like, listen, I don't want to be a supermodel. I just want to be strong. (laughs) It's like (laughs) I want my core to be strong. I want my legs to be strong. I want my arms to be strong. Like, that's the goal. It's like I just want to be able to, the muscles to be strong so that the bones are well-supported. Very (laughs) cool. Very cool. So some element that comes up a lot in self-care, a lot in skincare, and lots of controversy these days is essential oils. What's your take on them? I know. I'm sad with what's been happening, to be honest. I I think that it's a little bit unfair, and it's become a little bit of the bad guy. Like, now I see so many, you know, because I'm not a, the typical CEO in the tower that never goes out. I love going to stores and yeah. doing a lot of one-on-one with my clients, and I just hear more and more that they went to the dermatologist and they, they were using essential that the first thing that he, they were having reactions and the first thing that they asked is like are you using essential oils you know and 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 it's so unfair because in the natural world they're not the only cause like yes they have allergens but they're not the only allergens out there you know a lot there's a lot of acids that have you know that people react to right. retinol people react to vitamin c people react to so it's not fair just to pinpoint things at you know at just the essential oils um essential oils i feel that because they're so cool yeah. you know and there's a lot of mlm companies out there like healthy living and a lot of people promoting the use of essential oils which is great but the reality is that essential oil is not something for amateurs 
Right. It is not. It is a complicated science. It requires heavy-duty And tests. is that particular to the face, or is that just in general? In general. Yeah. Where if you want to put it in your body, if you want to ingest it, whatever you want to do, they are very concentrated, active materials. And you use them at very, 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 very small amounts, just because, you know, the, even a drop mm-hmm. of rose has, like, 60 roses in it you know what i mean it's like it's they're just very and they're very volatile compounds so it's uh it's i just think that people have been having on their own bad experiences also uh a lot of you know the clean beauty movement even though they are not advocating for naturalness they have decided to include essential oils in this whole being clean thing like if they were not clean well they are clean they are just they just have allergens, just right. like many other things. Right. You know? right. Like, just like many, many, many other things. And I'm not going to bore the audience just talking about how many things have allergens. And also, to be truthful, there's no one product that works on everybody. Right. You know, there's not, no one product that works on everybody. We all have our own sensitivities, our own things that we just cannot use. And many people don't even know what that is, you know. And when it when it comes to products, I know when it comes to color, you're a bit of a minimalist, even though you're a maximalist in life. Um, are there any products when it comes to color that you live by, swear by, use on a, on the regular? Use on the regular. You know, my regular are my be- very naughty, my yeah. blush. I am big on blush. Yeah. Like for me, blush is like going from dead to being alive <laughs> all of a sudden. And, uh, and I use um, Be Adored around my lips, which is like an anti-aging lip treatment that we have that has a little bit of color and then i love rms yeah i love what she does i love her color like when i'm going out and let's say i want like a sparkly metallic eyeshadow i love her solar um i also love well people mascara yep i love uh, their eyeliner also yeah um that's all i do really that simple that simple yeah it's really that's it amazing um so where do you see the future of natural beauty? What a great question. Um, I just really think that this is the way that things will be in the future. Like yeah. I don't I don't feel I feel that once you understand why going natural is important, it's almost like an irreversible sort of statement. You know what I mean? It's like, you're not going to go back and be like, oh, please give me more of that antifreeze in my eye cream. I, you know, I want that again. Why? You know, <laughs> I feel that we are in an evolution, not only in skincare, but in consumer products overall, you totally. know, like people just demanding better, safer options. For us, like make good things for us, please. Like we'll buy them, but make them. And we'll good. pay more for them. And we'll too. pay more for them. We understand that real things cost more, uh, but make good things. Get you know, do things that encourage our health and our well-being. Because I feel that that's probably where, you know, a lot of people are are, are feeling it right now. It's just that you know everybody's getting sick, and that's when a lot of people are like rethinking things. It's when it's that point of like, oh my god, like. I have such and such, so let me start cleaning up my act. And, you know, and it should be, you know, I think that people should be a little bit more informed about this because if you care about your health, you need to care about natural beauty. You know, it's it's, it's like that simple. And what about the Tata Harper brand? Where will it be in one, three, five years from now? (laughs) 
So, you know, we, our business has been very US focused. You know that for me, we've never been about being the biggest, but being the best. Yeah. So we have never really taken on like crazy scale where we feel that it compromises the quality of our product. So it's been very about like doing it, doing it right, conquering and winning wherever we are before we move on. So like 70% of our business is US. Oh, wow. Uh, and then 30% is intern I would call international, which is mainly European business, you know, France and UK with Space and K and oh, sure. you know, Le Bon Marché and all of that. Um, and now the next frontier is Asia. Oh wow. To be honest. So yeah, so we launched um we have a so we launched in Southeast Asia and Australia earlier this year. And uh, and we're doing Joyce Beauty in Hong Kong. Very cool. Um, so that's happening next year, and uh, and that's really exciting. I mean, I know that China we can't be in mainland China because we you know we are not testing on animals or doing any of that, but but there's so much to Asia beyond China. You know, right. there's Korea, there's Japan, there's so we're just really getting the gears ready for for that at Very the moment, exciting. which is really exciting. And what about, um, what keeps you up at night, whether it's related to, you know, Tata Harper or just the world in general? What's on your mind these days? You know, Tata Harper doesn't keep me up at night. I think that probably the things that keep me up at night are like pollution, yeah. you know, like more like global problems, you know, like trying, like just, I, and also I've been talking to my kids so much about waste and all the waste that we make. Like sometimes we go to a place and we have ice cream and see like, see all the ways that we made just because we came and had ice cream. It's like right. the cups, it's like five cups, five spoons, all of these napkins, see all of this, it's going to the trash and it's gonna be in a pile somewhere. So that that sort of stuff. And it's then, exciting though how fast I feel like consciousness is shifting on the trash. Yes. Um, and that a zero waste lifestyle was once something, whoa, weird, and now it's becoming much more acceptable and change happened quickly on straws. And yes, it's just straws, but who would have thought? <laughs> but there's always a beginning, you know? Exactly. It's like uh, the journey's like, uh, has a thousand steps and this is just like faith, you know, step one. Yeah. Um, I think that the other thing is energy. Yeah, to be super honest, which I don't see the same strides happening with energy, you know, you know, like getting off of fossil fuels and and all that sort of thing. I feel that that's where the real innovation is really needed. Yeah, it's like in in energy. And what keeps you excited and gets you up in the morning? Besides CrossFit, of course. I think that what I do gets me really excited. I look at what I'm doing every day and I'm like, oh, this is so fun. I'm going to be able to do this and that. Or, you know, I love what I do. So it's like every day, even like when there's problems or when there's issues where there always are, you know, it's like just even conquering them every day. It's fun. It's fun. It's like I, 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 I get like, you know, like a little bit of an adrenaline rush when there's problems. Now. <laughs> you know, it's like really, oh my god, let's think about this. Hopefully what do we it's do? The good type of cortisol, not the bad one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, it's fun. It's 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 fun to have a company that you started and that you've seen like grow and how to manage all of the different 
problems that come along the way and all the fun things that you get to do. Like I'm enjoying ever, like being a, a beauty entrepreneur. Never thought that I would be one, but it's been a really fun ride. And how do you spend most of your time in the management of the company? You mentioned you're in stores a lot. Um, yeah. I, I I don't think I have a traditional like CEO role, you know, and, and I also like I am co-CEO with Henry. Henry manages different things than I do. Uh, but I am very involved with innovation, you yeah. know, like pure formulation, you know, yeah. like I oversee that team. I mean, I have a wonderful team that I adore uh, and I am very involved. I probably spend like 50% of my time just in R&D. Is there and like an ingredient that we're going to be talking a lot about in five to 10 years that we've never heard of? That we've never, I think that's Belanthes. Belanthes and snowflake flour, it's a daffodil that we get from uh, from Israel that both of them are great to give you like the Botox effect oh. topically. Interesting. You know, like they smooth out wrinkles within hours. They don't necessarily paralyze the muscle like <laughs> Botox do, but they do That's the effect good. of relaxing wrinkles, which is amazing. I, I love those neurotransmitter peptides. Uh, but yeah, I spend a lot of time there. And then I spend a lot of time with my product development team. Yeah. You know, choosing packaging, choosing a lot of components, touching materials, this color, that color, that green, that all of that. Yeah. Um, and what else? And then marketing, you yeah. know, especially product marketing and education. Like we've been going to start doing more and more education around our products and how to use products. So I love that part of the business. And then also like being in stores, like I really... I started doing that because I'm not from the beauty industry and I learned so much yeah. just by being there at the store, you know, and not having that intermediary between me and my client, but actually me hearing from the client. Uh, it's very, and it inspires also a lot of new development. Right. right. I need this or that, that. It would be great if you do that or that. And we're constantly like updating the technology of our formulas, like in the background all the time. Right. You know, like because formulas that were made, for example, eight years ago when we launched, like it's time to update them with new things that are much better or more efficient right. now. So we are more? constantly doing that. Like next month we are actually updating and launching two new updates, like for illuminating eye cream and for nourishing oil cleanser are cool. getting updates. So I'm always working in all that stuff, creating sets, being the creative director of the brand. Also, like I oversee a lot of the content and sign yeah. on and the layouts and photography, creating content. Very cool. And what advice would you have given to your younger self? What advice would I have given to my younger self? Maybe to not be so hard on myself. You know, like sometimes I am listening to my inner monologues and I'm like, like I would never speak to anyone like that. You know, like, <laughs> like I sound like a lunatic. Like, no, stop. <laughs> yeah, not to be so hard on myself. That's probably like the biggest thing. My mom was always like, the biggest threat to your health is like, y y you know, yourself, you right. know, that you try to do too many things at once. Um, yeah, maybe that. Nice. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank and you thank you for all me. that you do in the world in terms of bringing great products to women. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you.